want to welcome everyone today. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Kyle Brownlee. I serve as the lead pastor here at Experience Church. And if you're new with us, man, you picked a great day to come and visit, even in the snow. Come on, somebody. God is going to move in this place, and we're honored to have you with us. Also want to take a moment to look into the camera and say a big hello to all those joining us online, along with all the men and women in our correctional ministry. We love you. We believe in you. Come on, Defiance. Let me welcome our church family today. Come on. Let them know. Now, before we jump into the message, uh, today is day 14 of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I know, I don't know if you're cheering because we're fasting and praying or it's almost done. Come on, somebody. But God continues to do what only he can do as we just posture ourselves before heaven and we just seek him. And so every single day, we are coming together right here in the auditorium and we are praying together for one hour. And so Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. And of course, Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then Sundays, we're here for church. But one of my favorite, we'd love for you to join us if you haven't had a chance to do that. And uh, it might be early, but it's worth it. Come on, somebody. And, uh, but one of my favorite uh, stories from this past week was I had a, a woman come up to me and, and uh, tell me how she kind of was just going through this dry season in her relationship with God, just feeling like God is, is distant, like heaven's kind of been silent, and she was just questioning, does God have a plan for me? Can, can God even use me? And just in that place, anybody ever been there besides me? And and so she decided to, to come to morning prayer. And so she came, and uh, of course, at morning prayer, we, we, on the front of the stage, we lay out hundreds of your prayer requests from our children's ministry, our youth, our young adults, from our correctional ministry, even from the Belize Central Prison. And so there's hundreds of prayer requests across this stage. And she decided that even though she came with her own needs, she was going to pray for somebody else's needs. Come on, how I many? That's a great example for all of us to to follow as well. So she got up one earlier morning, she came and she grabbed a prayer request. Then she went back to her seat. And when she looked at it, she saw that the, the prayer request was written in Spanish. Now, just so you know, I think there's only one connect card uh, out of the hundreds that are here that's actually written in Spanish. And she, she recognized that she was probably one of the few people at that prayer meeting that morning that could even read Spanish. And it was in this moment where God reminded her, I see you, I love you, and I have a plan and purpose for your life. Now that might not seem like a big deal for us, this, this Spanish connect card, but when heaven came near to her, I mean, her faith, her faith was at an all-time high. Like God spoke. All of a sudden, God seemed distant, and then heaven came near, and he came close. And that's just one of the many things that God is doing in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I think it's also important to mention, not, not only did she, she get encouraged by the Lord that I see you, but now she was probably one of the few people that could actually pray for this person's prayer request too right? Because I picked it up. I'm like, do it, God. I don't even know what they're asking. I hope it's <laughs> right. Look at God, right? How I many know God, when God does something, he's never just doing one thing. There's always multiple things happening in that one situation. So I just want to encourage us to, to finish strong in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Just as a runner runs a race, right? He doesn't let up at the very end. Now he gives it all that he got. He sprints and 
So let's finish strong, but even celebrating that, that woman's story and what God did in her life just to encourage her. I think it's important to point out that that happened as she just got up early and she, she sought God first and she prayed first. And with that said, we're going to continue on in our series called Pray First. And, and the Bible says that we should pray in every season, in every situation. And that's kind of been our motto this month, that before we go to work, we would pray first. Before we would go to school, we would pray first. Before we answer that email, we would pray first. Before we respond to that text message or, or that post on social media or whatever we do, that we would pray first. Now, now last week, we, we studied uh, one of my favorite ways to pray as we talked about the, the tabernacle prayer and this pattern God's people followed to enter into God's presence. And if you didn't get a chance to be here with us last week, I'd highly recommend for you to go online, watch that message. And, and so last week, we kind of focused on uh, one of my favorite ways to pray. But today, I want to study one of my favorite prayers to pray. And, and this is a prayer that I pray every single week, multiple times throughout the week. And, and it's a prayer that you can pray in one minute, or you can spend as much time on it as you want. And it, it's found in, in the book of First Chronicles. And what's interesting is that this book is primarily a, a list of genealogies. Uh, in other words, it's, it's this person is the son of this person, 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 chapter two. And if you're like, if you're reading the Bible in a year, when you get to this portion, it's like, you know, it's like, it's hard reading. Come on, somebody. But, but what's fascinating is that in the middle of all of these genealogies and name after name after name after name, in fact, right in the middle of over 600 names, the Bible pushes pause to highlight one man's story. And so let's take a look at it together. First Chronicles chapter four, verses nine and 10. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now it's interesting that the name Jabez literally means pain. Can you imagine naming your kid Pain? Like here we got Jonathan and here's Rebecca and David. Oh, and there's Pain, right? I mean, he had to have been bullied as a kid. Like here comes Pain. You're a Jabez in my side. Come on, dad jokes. I got him. Don't worry about it. But from the moment he was born, he had this label placed on him. Now, now, we're not sure why his mother chose to name him Pain. We, we don't know if there was trouble in childbirth or she wasn't wanting or expecting to have any more children. We're not sure uh, why he was named Pain, but we do know from the very moment he entered into this world, he had this label placed on him. And maybe some of us can relate to him today. We, we've had some labels attached to our name, either from something that we've done or from something someone has done to us. Maybe we've had the label of addict or, or failure or, or not good enough or, or never quite gonna measure up. Regardless, there's a, a label attached to our name. And I just wanna remind us today that God's power is bigger than our past. And his truth is greater than other people's opinions. 
And I, lo I love what Jabez does because he refused to let the labels of his past limit God's plan for his future. And so what, what did he do? Let's take a look at it. Verse 10 says, Jabez, or pain, cried out to the God of Israel. This is important because, because we're talking about prayer in this series and here Jabez cries out to God in this beautiful prayer that we're gonna study. And I just, had to, I just was thinking that like if our name was pain and we cried out to God in prayer, wouldn't we think that pain would talk about his pain? Honestly, I think so many of us as followers of Jesus spend a lot of time praying to God about our problems and our pain. Now, don't get me wrong. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But what if there was something better than that? Because pain cries out to God, not about his pain, but he cries out to God about his promises. In fact, in his, in his prayer, Jabez never even mentions his pain. Jabez never even mentions his past. And let's take a look at the, at the prayer that he, he prayed that we're going to study today. He said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that, notice as he focuses on God's promises, he will be free from pain. And God granted his request. And so here Jabez in this prayer mentions four things. And I would submit to us today that, that these are four things that God wants for each and every single one of us. And we can pray this prayer in a minute or we can take as long as we want. But, but every day, what if we just would pray these things over our lives? What if we would pray these things over our children, over our spouse, over our family, over our friends or whoever God puts on our hearts? And so let's just kind of take a look at them one at a time. The first phrase that Jabez prays, and they're all found in, in verse 10 of 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And, but the first thing that he prays is, oh, that you would bless me. Now, the Hebrew word for the word bless uh, is the Hebrew word barak, and it literally paints this picture of God stooping down and putting into our lives something that we don't have and we can't get anywhere else. And it kind of reminded me uh, of how me and my kids have kind of turned me on to this, um, this new uh, sports drink called Prime. Anybody know about, about Prime? It was made by a famous YouTuber. And, and if you don't know, now you know. Um, but there's only one place in Defiance that you can get it. Is it called Keg's, Keg's Gas Station or whatever? It's over by the high school. It's the only place in Defiance that you can get prime sports drinks, right? And I started thinking, it's not rare, but there's only one place you can get it. And there's a, they, they always have it in stock. They always have a, a plentiful supply, but there's only one place you can go. And when I was thinking about the blessings of the Lord, it's not that they're rare and you can't get it, but there's only one place you can find it, right? His name is Jesus, right? And that's the word here, blessed, that, that, that Jabez is praying, God, that you would stoop down and you would pour into my life what I don't have and I can only get from you. This is the request that he's making. And so when it comes to prayer, the first thing that we're gonna pray, if you're taking notes, is number one, that we would pray for a blessing. Pray for blessing. Now, a lot of people, when they think of blessing, they automatically think of finances and material things. And don't get me wrong, that, that can be included, but, but how many of us know that God's blessings are so much bigger than that? 
I mean, God, God wants to bless us with good health and with ideas and strategies and wisdom and supernatural favor and godly and meaningful relationships. And those are just a few of the things that God wants us to have. And I think it's important for us to know that this has always been God's plan for his people, for us to be blessed. I was even thinking about my, my own story, and, and many of you maybe have heard my story, have heard bits and, and pieces of my story, but nobody thought that I'd be standing where I'm standing at today, even myself, except God. Like, I didn't even graduate from high school, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night, so we're good, right? <laughs> Remember that commercial? <laughs> now, I ended up getting my GD and going to Bible college, don't freak out, but, but I didn't even graduate from high school. I was a drug addict. I spent some years incarcerated because of that lifestyle. I, I, I was a liar, a thief, a manipulator. I couldn't be trusted. I, I made a lot of poor choices in my life that not only hurt me, but hurt the people that I loved around me. I, I experienced loss. I, I lived in trauma. I, I experienced dysfunction in my life. And, and if you would have looked at my life, there was no way you would have looked at me and said, you know what, he's gonna be a man of integrity someday. If you would have looked at my life back when I was a teenager and young adult, there was no way you would have looked at me and said, man, this guy's gonna be a man of integrity. He's gonna have a beautiful wife. He's gonna have an amazing family, let alone he's gonna be a pastor and a leader worth following someday. In other words, I had some labels attached to my name. And then I had an encounter with Jesus. And then I encountered his love. And then I experienced his grace. Then I encountered his mercy and his forgiveness. And, and I was awakened to the reality that there was more to this life than what I was living. And after I surrendered my heart to Jesus, I got around some people who encouraged me to dream that God wanted to bless me and give me a life that I never thought possible, that, that God could use me and bring purpose and meaning into my life. And it was such a foreign concept to me because I'm like, wait a minute, after all the things that I've done, you're telling me that God still wants to bless me, that I can pray for a blessing? That doesn't even make sense. I don't deserve it. Anybody else felt like that? I love what Psalms chapter five, verse 12 says. It says, surely, Lord, you bless, same word, the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. God wants to bless us, church. God wants us to pray for blessing. Now, some, for some of us, it might seem a little foreign to pray and ask God to bless us because it seems selfish and self-centered. Like, it, but it's important for us to remember that the motive of our heart matters. And so if we're just praying God bless us so that we can have more and so that we can live a more comfortable life, how many of us know we're missing the entire point all together? The true question is, why does God want to bless us? Because I think that God wants us to have more for a specific reason. In fact, he tells us in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, God says to his people, I will bless you. Why? And you will be a blessing to others. God wants us to have more so that we can take the more and not have more for ourselves, but the more is for others. Like God wants us to be a blessing to the world around us. God is looking for people not just to give to, but to give through. In fact, I was even thinking about when, when God first called me to, to be a pastor. 
Just want you to know, it wasn't even on the top 50 things on my list of things I wanted to do. I jokingly say, I still don't want to be a pastor. And I'm not joking. But I remember praying early on, like, like God, I don't want to lead a church that's just always trying to meet its own needs week after week after week. That, that's not why I got into ministry. In fact, truth be told, in all honesty, uh, I got into ministry because after God did a work in my life, uh, he gave me this, this really this motto. It was like, all I want to do is love Jesus more and help as many people as possible experience the Jesus that changed my life. That's really my life motto. And, and, and guess what? And that motto led me to this place today. But that's really my heart even till this day. Like, God, I just want to love you more, and I want as many people as I possibly can, help as many people as I possibly can experience the Jesus that saved me, that changed me, that loved me. And outside of that, I'm good. But early on, I just remember praying, God, I don't want to lead a church that we're just trying to meet our own needs week after week after week. And so early on, even before we started this church over 10 years ago, we, we prayed, God, God, help us have a, have a divine heavenly strategy that we can, we can operate the church with as little debt as we possibly can, that we can operate and run the church on as little as we possibly can so that we can do a lot for others. And I just think it's worth celebrating that as of today, we are debt-free as a church. And we operate the church on just less than 80% of what you give, which allows us to be aggressive in our generosity. It allows us to go back into our community and start dream centers and get into our elementary and middle and high schools and, and come alongside other churches and plant more churches, and help existing churches to, to be in our uh, different prisons throughout our nation, to, to reach out to the Correction Center of Northwest Ohio and CCNO, our county jail, to go into places like the country of Belize and be in the Belize Central Prison, come alongside pastors and, and so much more. Allows us, what am I saying? That the more God's entrusted us with, it's not for us, it's for others. How can we go beyond these walls? And I just was thinking, man, why, why, why do we do all this? Because God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. And it's important for us to know that this isn't just true for us as a church, it's true for us in our own individual lives too. God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. And so here's how we can pray it in our everyday lives. If you're taking notes, that our prayer for this first thing that Jabez prays is just simply, Lord, give me more than I need so I can be a blessing to the world around me. I'm praying this over you. I'm praying this over me. I'm praying over this over us as a church. And right now, like I mentioned before, our church doesn't have any debt, but we got a ton of vision. There's so many things that God has placed in our hearts to do. There's things we're praying about, we're strategizing for, so that we can help more people encounter the name that's above every single name. In fact, a cool story is that there's a couple in the country of Belize about nine to 12 months ago began to just feel this stirring in their hearts for more. They own their own business in Belize and they're, they're, they're somewhat successful in the country, but but even as a business owner, they, they felt this stirring, like we want to help people encounter Jesus. We, we, there's more, we know that there's more to this life than what we're living, and they're feeling stirred to, to be pastors. And I understand that call 
so much. And so we've actually been meeting with them through Zoom for the past nine months and just going on this journey with them. And what could that look like? How could we help them in the country of Belize? And maybe do we help them plant a church? Do we plant an experienced campus? Come on, somebody in the country of Belize. And it's been on our hearts. And so we're just going on this journey. We don't want to be hasty, but we're not going to drag our feet either. God, if you say it, we're, we're going to go. But right now we're just positioning ourselves. And so I say all that to say that their names are oddly and Kimberly gentle. Come on, somebody. Oddly gentle. Don't get me started. But they're a beautiful power couple, and we're just going on the journey with them. What are you doing, God? Are you up to something? We want to be sensitive to hear his voice. And if you're doing more, God, we, we want to be a part of it. And so they're actually flying to, the next step for them is to fly to Defiance, Ohio. And they'll be here next week, and they're going to spend a week or two with us and just go on the journey and some more training and be a part of Deeper Night of Worship next Sunday night. And so it's gonna, we're just going, come on, do it, God. Do it, God. We got a ton of vision, God. How do you want to use them to make a difference in their country? How can we support them and make your name famous? And so the question is, the question is, if God answered this prayer to bless us, what would you do with the more that he entrusted to you? Isn't that the question? Like, if we're going to pray, God, bless me, bless us, the question is, well, what will you do with it if he, if he did do that? And which makes sense because Jabez goes on to pray the next thing in, in uh, verse 10 of 1 Chronicles chapter 4. The next thing he prays is, enlarge my territory. In other words, he says, if I have more, I'll be able to do more. Th this is what we do with the blessing that God entrusts to us. And this is why every day we can, we can pray for blessing. And then the second thing we can pray, number two, write this down. That is, we pray for influence. In other words, that we would realize that, that God has available to us a life that's bigger than us. And, and, and for some of us, in all reality, uh, we might, our lives might feel empty or lacking, and it's because our life is all about us. But if we could realize that God has more for us, there's more for, for God that he has for us, man, it would light a fire in our souls. Because the happiest people I know aren't the people without problems. The happiest people I know have purpose. Like, like they see life through the lens that we can live a life that goes beyond us. And if we want to be successful in life, it's important for us to know that successful people don't have more money and less problems than the rest of people. Successful people have purpose. This is why the Apostle Paul prayed this, this beautiful prayer over the church of Ephesus Let's take a look at it, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Paul said, I pray that the church, God's people, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, awakened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Come on, you're called, and you're called, and you're called, and you're called, and you're called. God has a calling and a plan and a purpose for your life. And Paul is praying, I pray that you'd be awakened to it. I pray that you would see it. I see it. God sees it. But you have to see that there's a calling on your life, the hope to which he has called you. In other words, I think it's important for us to see uh, our hope is connected to our calling. 
which by the way is why we have Connect Track around here. And we, it's really not a bunch of classes. It's more of like a lab where we help kind of just start the process of going on this journey of helping you discover your calling, discovering your purpose. Man, how has God wired you? What gifts has he placed inside of you? What are you passionate about? What's, what kind of personality do you have? And how can you use that to make a difference and use that influence to make a difference in somebody else's life? Because how many of us know our design reveals our destiny? And when I know who I am and why God created me, then I can do what he's called me to do. But, but, I, but I love this approach because Jabez is, is not focused on his pain and his problems. He's focused on God's promises and God's calling for his life. And this, this as I look back at my life, this is how God changed my life. As I went to the, the Christian alcohol and drug rehab called Teen Challenge, I wasn't a teen, I was a young adult. It started for teens, but it blew up across our nation, even internationally, and they have men's facilities, women's facilities, adolescent facilities, and so I went to a men's facility for uh, just over 18 months at, at one facility, and people ask me all the time, like, how did you get free from your addiction? Like, like, what was that process? What did that look like? And I tell them, well, when I got to Teen Challenge, we didn't actually spend any time talking about drugs and alcohol. You see, that the philosophy was all the men in the program already knew all they needed to know about drugs. They, we could probably teach classes on the effects of drugs, and we didn't need any more information about that. And so we spent the entire 18 months not focused on our problems, but focused on the answer to our problems. His name is Jesus. That's what I did for 18 months. We never talked about drugs. We talked about Jesus and getting into his word and getting his word into us and having him mold and shape us and change us from the inside out. And, and I love for, for Jabez because Jabez said, I know I'm pain and I have pain, but I'm going to focus on something bigger than my pain. And then he ends the entire scripture out of, of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, the riches of his glorious inheritance, inheritance in his holy people. Can I just tell us today that our inheritance isn't possessions, it's people? I mean, at the end of our lives, if, we're, if the Lord allows us to go out like this, when we're laying on our deathbeds, I promise you, we're not gonna be thinking how many cars we have or how big our house is. The one thing and the one thing only that we're gonna be thinking about is the people that we love, the people who love us and all the lives and people that we were able to impact with our lives. That's what's gonna matter. In other words, people are our purpose. Psalms chapter two, verse eight. God, God says, ask me. Come on, just ask. I already want to do it. Just ask me. And I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. And in other words, God will give us a greater influence with people. God says, I'll put a purpose inside of you. God has a purpose for our lives. But until we find it and then do it, we'll continue to chase things that will never give us what we're looking for. And so, so as we pray for influence, the second thing, how does it look like in our own everyday lives? If you're taking notes, it would look like this. Lord, show me your purpose for my life so I can live a life bigger than my own. So I'm gonna pray for blessing. I'm gonna pray for influence. And honestly, when I became a follower of Jesus, I got around people who encouraged me to dream big dreams for God. And I'd like to tell you I did that. 
But I, my, my only heart was, God, I just want people to, to know the Jesus that changed my life. If I could just help one person know the God that saves, heals, and delivers, the God that touched and changed me, if I could just help one person and that one person turned into two people. And that two people turned into four people. And that four people turned into 10 people. And 10 people turned into 50 people. And that 50 people turned into 100 people. And 100 people into 500. And 500 into And we're just going to keep on helping as many people as we possibly can because I have to give away what I've been given. Got to give it away. And God wants us to start dreaming big dreams beyond us to impact the world around us. And so we start off by praying for, for blessings so that we can be a blessing. And we pray for influence to impact others. And then I love this part of the prayer because when Jabez gets it, when God answered that prayer, okay, here's blessing, here's more influence, Jabez realizes I'm in over my head. Now it's beyond what I'm capable of doing. You gave me more blessing, you gave me more influence. And now look what he prays. And, and the third thing, it's bigger than me. And so the third thing he prays in verse 10 of 1 Chronicles 4 is let your hand be with me. This is such a beautiful part of the prayer because the hand of God means his power and his presence. Jabez goes, let your power and your presence be with me. And so that we would pray, the third thing we would pray in this prayer is number three, is that we would pray for presence. God, I need your presence. We also see the same phrase that Jabez prayed in Acts chapter 11, verse 21. It says, the Lord's hand his power and his presence was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the lord you see with blessing and and opportunity will come the desperation for god's presence this is what paul prayed in in in, in the book of corinthians he said in my weakness god you became strong like, as I'm following you and I'm praying for blessing and influence and I'm trying to give away what I've been given, I realize I'm at a point where I am desperate for your presence, that it's beyond me, but in my weakness, God, then you can become strong. See, Paul learned how to walk in God's presence. And I know, I know it's kind of an oxymoron because we'd rather, we'd rather feel qualified, wouldn't we? I'd rather feel competent. I'd rather feel skilled. I don't always like it when I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know where it's going and I don't feel equipped to do what God's calling me to do and to be who God's calling me to be. But I think it's important for us to understand that, that God doesn't want you to be great for him. He wants to be great through you. He doesn't want you to be great for him, man. He wants to be great for through you. And this is why we started the year off with 21 days of prayer and fasting is because God's calling us to go places we've never been and to do things we've never done. And we just realized that apart from him, we can do none of it. And this is, this is why uh, when Moses was leading God's people, the Israelites, out of Egypt, scholars believe around 4 million people, uh, he, he made this because he, he prayed this prayer because he was, he, was, he was doing something he'd never done before. He'd never led four million people anywhere. And he was called to lead them to the promised land, which is modern day Israel, to a place they had never been. And because he was, he was commissioned to do something he's ever done and go to a place he'd never been, he prays this in Exodus chapter 33, verse 15. And then Moses prayed to God. He said to God, if your presence, if your presence does not go with us, don't make us leave. We don't want to go, God, if your presence doesn't go with us. 
My hope is that every, every time someone walks into this place, that they wouldn't be impressed with the building or the worship team or even the sermons as impressive as they are. Come on, somebody. It's a good place for an amen. They would be impressed with his presence, that people would walk away and go, God was in that place. His presence was in that place, and I'm desperate for his presence. And so we pray for God's blessing that that we would have more than enough so that we could be a blessing. We, we pray for influence and to live a life that's bigger than us. And, and as we step into places that we've never been and do things we've never done, then we would pray that would show up in our lives, Lord, be with me because what you've called me to is too big for me. As scary as that place is, it's a beautiful place to be. God, in my weakness, I need you. How many know those places create a greater dependency on God? God, I need your presence and power in my life. And, and then Jabez ends the entire thing out with this last phrase in verse 10 of 1 Chronicles chapter 4. He says, and keep me from harm. And so we pray for blessing, for influence, for presence. And then number four, we pray for protection. And we can pray this prayer in a minute or we can... We can take as long as we want. God, I just pray for your blessing and your influence and presence and protection. I mean, we, can, we need to pray this over our kids before we drop them off at school. God, I pray a blessing over them. I pray you give them influence today. I pray your presence would go with them today and that your hand of protection would be upon their lives. I pray this almost every day over my kids when I'm dropping them off at school. God, give them wisdom today. God, bless them. Be with them. Go before them. But but how many of us know as we step out to, to do what God has, has called us to do and, and to be who God's called us to be, the enemy of our soul is going to try and come against us. I mean, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this, The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, some people, they don't like talking about the devil. They'd rather just focus on God's goodness, mercy, grace, love. But how many of us know just because we don't talk about the devil, that doesn't make him go away. We have a spiritual enemy, and we need to be aware uh, of his schemes. We can't be naive to his schemes. And in fact, honestly, some of us are in a spiritual battle right now. As we're going through 21 days of prayer and fasting, man, this prayer and this fasting thing has been super hard. We're going through issues. We're going through struggles. We're going through difficulty. And maybe for some of us, we just think it's circumstantial. And maybe it is, but I'm telling you, maybe it's not. Because I know we have a spiritual enemy that's wanting to come against us and keep us from our purpose. But when the enemy comes against us, that we would pray, God, that you would raise up a standard against him. Because greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in this world, God. And so, so we pray for blessing. We pray for influence. We, we pray for his presence. And we pray for God's protection. That if God is for us, who can be against us? I'll close with a couple of thoughts. But Romans chapter 8, verse 35 Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So as we pray for protection, what does it look like in our lives? We pray, Lord, strengthen me. Strengthen me and protect me from every attack of the enemy. And you know the first place he's going to attack us? In our minds. 
The first place he's going to attack us is to bring discouragement, to bring hopelessness. You can't do that. It's not working out. You can't trust God. They're against you. I'm telling you, the first place the enemy is going to bring an attack is in our minds. Lord, strengthen me in my mind. Strengthen me in my spirit. Protect me. That's why, that's why small groups and church is so important, that we can get around each other and encourage one another and strengthen each other. How many of us know we have two choices in prayer? We can either pray about our past and our pain and our problems, or we can pray like Jabez and pray about God's promises, power, and his presence, and his protection working in our lives. I'm going to close with this thought because I think uh, so many people think that prayer is trying to get God to focus more on what we're going through. You ever fallen into that trap? God, I got this problem. God, do you see me? God, help me. God, I need this. And don't get me wrong, we present our request before God, but so many of us can fall in the trap of thinking prayers about, God, look at my stuff. Pay more attention to what I'm going through. But that's not what prayer is about. And I'll close with this thought, that prayer isn't about God moving toward us. Prayer is about us moving toward God. I just need to get closer to you, God. I need more of you and less of me, right? I want more of you. I actually don't need, I, you already know what I'm going through. You already understand the situations I'm facing. Even better, you even know how I feel right now. You get me better than I even get myself. You understand me. I'm not trying to get you closer to me. I'm trying to get closer to you, God. I'm desperate for you. I love this prayer. I just wanna encourage us this week that we would just pray it over our lives. God, I need your blessing. But also, what am I gonna do with that blessing? I'm, gonna, I'm praying for influence, make a difference in somebody else's life. But then I realize when you answer those prayers, I can't do it on my own, God. I can't be who you've called me to be. I can't do what you've called me to do on my own. So I need your presence. Fill me, fill my family and my house and my heart with your presence, God. But as I step out and do what you're calling me to do, I know the enemy's gonna come against me, so I've gotta pray protection. And I pray this over our family, over, over my children, over my friends, over my own life, and watch God do what only he can do. Amen? Would you pray with me today? Father, we love you in this place. We thank you for your presence that changes everything. God, we thank you for the truth of your word. And even this example that Jabez gives to us in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his problems, in the midst of his difficulty, God, he didn't choose to focus on his pain. He focused on your promises. It wasn't that he was denying his situation or his reality. He just realized there's something greater than it. You, God, you're bigger. You're bigger than our past. Your truth's greater than other people's opinions, God. We're not gonna let the labels of our past limit your plan and your purpose for our future. And so I speak a blessing over everyone here today, God. I pray that you would redeem and restore relationships. I pray that hope would arise for those who are discouraged. I pray you bring freedom to the captive today. That you bring freedom in our hearts and you bring freedom in our minds, God. I pray peace in our minds today where anxiety and fear in bondages. God, I pray you would break those strongholds, the chains of strongholds in the name of Jesus. I pray for marriages in this place. 
Maybe there's no problems in our marriage today, but there's a greater purpose and there's a greater intimacy and there's a greater connection that God is calling us to move towards our spouse. And we take the time today to, to grab their hand, to look them in the eye and say, I love you. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my, for my children. When's the last time we told our kids how much we loved them? Today, God, I pray that you would, you, you would, you would do what only you can do. And so often, God, we, we only focus on our problems, but God, you're calling us to purpose. You're calling us to higher heights and greater depths, God. Let your love permeate our lives, God, our families, our homes, our friendships. God, let us get back to some things that we've gotten away from. Restore that, God. As we're praying together today, maybe you're here and the first thing God needs to restore and redeem is your relationship with him. Maybe you've never said, God, I want to know you. Here's my life. I want to have a relationship with you. Here's my heart. Maybe you walked with God at one point in time and you just drifted and it's time to say, God, you're first. I'm not just going to pray first. I'm going to put you first in my life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, wherever you're at, watching online, in a jail cell, wherever you're at, if you need to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your heart, would you lift your hand to heaven as a sign of surrender? Here I am, God. Here's my heart. God, I want to have a relationship with you. I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you. Just pray this with me. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for believing in me and pursuing me and standing beside me that you still want to bless my life even though I've made mistakes, even though I've fallen short. You still love me. God, here's my life. God, forgive me my sin. Thank you for sending your son to pay the price for my sin on the cross. Fill me with your spirit today, God. My life and my heart is yours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise for all he did today. So good.